0: Hello and welcome to Plottrist. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Barbarian Mine by Ruby Dixon. This was originally published
1: in 2015, um but the Berkeley special Berkeley. edition Special edition um is releasing this September. So like all of these books, they've existed for a while, but they're finally getting the publishing treatment.
0: And we did not read them when they were originally out. Uh, we are reading them based on complimentary copies of the Berkeley Special Edition. So thank you, Berkeley, for the opportunity. Yeah.
1: All righty. So you guys know the shtick with these right now, by now. So we'll just dump it into the book jacket.
0: The Ice Planet has given me a second lease on life. So I'm thrilled to be here. Sure, there's no cheeseburgers, but I'm healthy and ready to be a productive member of the small tribe. What I didn't anticipate? That there'd be a savage
1: stranger waiting nearby, watching me. And when he takes me captive, the
0: unthinkable happens. I resonate to him. Resonance means mating, and children. But I don't know if this guy's ever been around anyone before. He's truly a barbarian in all ways, right down to clubbing me over the head and claiming me as his own. So why is it that I crave his touch
1: and hunger for more? Bitch, you know why, it's the queer, or whatever.
0: <laughs> it's the resonance. Yeah. Well, we wrote 22-word summaries. Actually, before we do our summaries, You know what? I actually kind of love her, her book jackets because they're perfect. Yes. So written
1: in the exact same tone as the rest of the book. Uh, Um, yeah, she does a great job summarizing things. I I think it does help that these books are not the most plot (laughs) heavy. (laughs) So it's it's maybe a little easier to capture the essence of the book yeah. with just a few
0: words, but it doesn't take away from her pithiness. Right. I, I think it works. I think they work really well. So that is actually why I'm moving on right away to our summaries, because I do not have any, like, honestly, zero criticism of her book jackets. Never.
1: Yep. But that said, <laughs> this book, but we're on, what, book five mm-hmm. of the Barbarian Alien series?
0: Maybe four. Four or five. Kira, Liz, Georgie. And now we're on Harlow. Oh, so now four. Okay. So there's
1: very little new at this point. There's a lot of redundancy here, especially in Georgie's book.
0: Well, yeah. The thing is, so I know you didn't read her author's note, did you? No. I, I read her author's note. I'll talk about it afterwards, but it, it is very interesting that you say that because it's like, I mean, we've talked about this before, right? About how once you get used to one thing, you have to double down and make it even worse. Yes. That, I mean, that's what she is doing in this book. Right. Right? That like
1: hedonic treadmill or whatever, but not sex.
0: Yes. I mean, the hedonic treadmill can be anything. It doesn't have to be sex. I so the h- hedonism implied. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's, this, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, so hit on a treadmill here. Alrighty, so our random number is twenty-two this
0: episode. So, Meg, take it away. Alright. How much more barbarous can an Ice Planet Barbarian get? No language, no sex ed, but some survival skills and a big stick. And that's not a euphemism.
1: It's also a euphemism.
0: <laughs> get as many double entendres as you can. Because he's got his fur too. Yep. <laughs>
1: my summary stockholm syndrome nope start over stockholm situation where she's got secret cancer and he's been a feral child so they become a solitary tribe. Tribe, until she's pregnant <laughs> yeah
0: that's it that's it that's the whole book that's in whole book. 22 words it like is. it is it is the book the tropes as always like there are always the same tropes in these books they are fated mates i think That's one of the things that frustrates me
1: the most about the series and one of the few things that like I can't just hand wave away. Yep. The rules of the Quee and what it can and can't do and the way the the mating works change every book. Mm -hmm. And I get that these were written as like a fun online thing years ago and I don't necessarily, like I said, there's a lot I'm willing to hand wave away, but the inconsistency within the universe, especially when it comes to like how much agency and autonomy people really have is really frustrating. I agree. And, and in, even in terms of their medical care. Because now we've seen two heroines with secret medical issues. And I feel like even the rules for those two individuals function differently. So, yeah, I feel like the, the biggest weakness of this series so far has been the inconsistency within the universe about what the Queen does both as a... Baited mates tool and yeah. as a like healthcare item.
0: <laughs> a healthcare item,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, spend your FSA on it.
0: Yes. Um there is what finding lost is this really the second time? Oh no. We're not talking about repeat tropes. Yes. So he's a he's a what are they called? Saqui? He's yes. a big blue barbarian alien dude who's living on his own. Of course he has to be related to somebody back right. in the tribe. And, oh, who in book two had a long-lost brother. Yeah.
1: Who he thought was dead.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's good. let see. Oh, he's got to trust his enemies. Yeah, so
1: when it's, like, it gets into hurt comfort. Mm-hmm. Um... Harlow has a really tough pregnancy. So he needs to rely on the people he's been taught are the enemy in order to save her, which also then gets into some her comfort stuff.
0: Yeah. is That it virgin hero. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So I've talked about how I have called another virgin hero, the most virgin hero of all virgin heroes, but actually (laughs) I have to say Ruck is the most virgin of all virgin heroes and we will get into it. Yeah. But he actually is.
1: Yeah, due to the fact that he was a feral child with no community, he doesn't even understand how his own dick works. Right. And he doesn't understand what's appropriate in public. And one of the lowest moments of the book for me came on page four. Yeah. When he starts jerking off while watching her like recover from her head wound that he gave her, thinking of his dad, (laughs) he's like, I wish dad was here to teach me about these things while he's just casually (laughs) masturbating. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like this is Uh, actually
0: upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that didn't actually even strike me. That's like how desensitized I have become.
1: That's why you need the hedonic treadmill.
0: Yes. Okay, so you said your biggest issue was the inconsistency with like how the que works. Yes. For me, I actually think my biggest issue is that, on the one hand, they're supposed to be over-the-top fun, just, like, kind of crazy, like, wild and crazy Star Trek where they're just getting it on with each other. Where the central premise was
1: abduction for sex slavery, but sure.
0: Well, that's the issue, is that, on the one hand, it's supposed to be, like, this kind of, like, wacky but fun, like, sex world where, oh, I'm resonating, guess we better fuck and have a baby, but then there's also all this serious shit, so where like people get raped, people commit suicide. In this book, she has this horrible pregnancy, cancer. Well, right. I mean, she had cancer, but she's that it got cured. But so, then it sort of didn't. Yeah, because the Q was fighting the. It's like she got
1: permanent cancer that the Q is like every day wiping for her system. The Q. <laughs> what the the, the Q. We gotta talk about the Q. Um, yeah. sorry. Um, the, the queen is constantly like wiping out from her brain every day, which is like not how cancer works.
0: Yeah. But so for me, that's, that's the thing. It's like, and it, this is actually, as I was writing my notes, I realized that this is actually the same exact issue that I identify for myself, even with like Tessa Dare books. Yeah. Tessa Beard, t- because Tessa Dare books are the same thing. Like they're over the top, like really funny, really hilarious situations and then she will often weave in something that's like very serious and very intense. But
1: I think Tessa Dare has had a wide range of successes. Yes. Like that. There are some books that she has managed to weave in screwball comedy with very serious issues extremely well.
0: That I absolutely love and are my favorite of the series in certain cases. Yes. Right. Here, I, I, you're right. I don't think there's one that's quite succeeded in marrying... Those
1: two things. I think the best that can be said is there are some where the trauma is enough about other characters or behind the surface or just central to the setup that you can sort of hand wave it away.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that's it. So like, yeah, am I supposed to actually believe she fell in love with a guy who bunked over the head or am I supposed to think it's funny? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. All of this is a little this whole series is a little Stockholm syndrome, right? Because like
0: (laughs) everything.
1: They're all stuck on this planet and they don't have control over who they fuck because of this like magic worm in their heart.
0: (laughs) Heartworm, it is magic heartworm. (laughs) Magic heartworm.
1: But here he abducts her, takes her away from her entire community at this point. And we're supposed to think that she gave all that up. There's some hand-waving about how she's afraid they think she left her on purpose. But I find that so ridiculous because she didn't.
0: Right. You just go back and say, I was abducted. And they go, oh my God, thank God you're back. And I found it frustrating too. So because he was a feral child and has no language... She's like, we could go back
1: to this, uh, the major magic computer so we can talk because it's, we're within sight of it.
0: She's like, but I don't want to see the dead bodies of my friends. And it's like, no, bitch. Like, communicating is more important. Mm-hmm. And you would have known that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just found
1: the, like, the hoops that had to be jumped, jumped through to make this a plot. Yeah. Because so many solutions have already been present in this text. It's like reading a book about magic.
0: Where, mm-hmm. like, you find out
1: in book six there's this one thing magic can't do. Just because
0: in any other situation, the magic would make everything really easy. Right. Uh, We've talked many times in the past about how when an author names something that's problematic, it automatically becomes less problematic. Absolutely. Acknowledgement is like 50% of the work. Yes. However, in this book, she says, like, on at least two or three occasions, like, she actually says you know, maybe this is Stockholm syndrome. She's like, no, definitely not. I love this guy. And I'm like, you didn't convince me that you don't have Stockholm syndrome. I think that
1: was the most evident in the scene where she's like, look, I'm sort of falling for him. And I recognize that. But that does not mean I'm willing to like have a baby with this guy living on our own, like in the middle of the woods with no help or support Mm -hmm. when we can't even really communicate yet. Uh And then she finds out his dad's dead. And she's like, never mind. (laughs) We're just going to have a baby right now.
0: And I'm like, girl. Well, she decides that she's going to have a baby because the resonance is too strong or something. And it's like inevitable. She basically feels like... It was very interesting. It was actually... This I actually found kind of interesting about the book. So she decides that they are going to actually fuck and like produce a baby because that's what resonance does. Basically, resonance means you go into heat. Right, but... Why couldn't they have had sex with a condom? No, I know. Anyway. <laughs> so she decides, she's like, you know what? I, I have to do this partially because she feels like kind of weak because she's resonating so much and she's resisting the resonance. Yeah. And she's like, if I don't, then I'm probably going to get brain cancer again because the quee is going to make me... Like, which has no basis
1: in science or anything we've seen up to this point in these books. No, no, no. She
0: just has like, has a dream about it. And she's like, oh my God, I better do this. But then the thing that actually hurts, makes the brain cancer come back is the fact that she has baby in her tummy. Yes. And I was like, oh, that was dramatic irony. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was interesting it also
1: made me wonder like this is like long term and heavier than this book gets shockingly because it's willing to cover some really heavy stuff but like all right fine they're now life mates and odds are they're going to resonate again and the first pregnancy almost killed her like this is one of those situations where like they might be best suited to stop at one and it's like they can't
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that's confusing about the residents too. Like you're not supposed to resonate with someone unless they're like your genetic match and you're actually going to produce a baby. And if she dies
1: in the process of having the baby, that does not seem to be like, especially because it's not driven by like something inherently biological, but by like a thing of magic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk. Okay. Let's talk very briefly. So you were talking about how you get, you were frustrated by how the Quee is presented in different books. Yes. What I think is interesting about it is that the way she presents the Qui is very complex and really interesting, but like only in the past, only in other people's stories and only anecdotally. Yeah. So for example, Rook, his mother resonated with his father, but his mother was emotionally bonded with another that person. Yeah and she was like okay fine we'll have a baby because that's what the queen wants me to do so she's like okay i'll bow to inevitability we'll have we'll have sex and i'll get pregnant but i'm not going to actually be with you i don't think that resonance means that we're mates and we have to love each other and be each other's help meet forever and, and the rest of the tribe agrees with her yes so i think this is really really interesting and that could be like an actual science fiction novel that looks at relationships and community and all of those things that science fiction does so well when it examines and yet these books are just cut and dried faded mates you resonate that means you're going to love even each other forever
1: we decide we are going to resonate and then we will it into being right like there is no conflict yeah. between the resonance and emotion in this book
0: so i mean it wouldn't be uh this light-hearted of a romance novel and i I realize there are heavy issues and some heavy shit that happens, but in essence, these are lighthearted, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be lighthearted. It would be more of a dark romance where it's like, oh my God, I'm in love with you, but now I have to go be with this guy. And like, how do you negotiate that emotional relationship where you have this physical relationship with someone else? It could be, it could be a really interesting romance or erotic novel, really. Right. Well, and I, one of the many
1: insane texts I sent you that I will be reading, most of them aloud at some point, was that, like, I think this book was proof to me that she has exhausted this concept Mm -hmm. in the screwball comedy way. Yes. Like, I just don't see, like, whatever, fine, if you want to read about a human dildo fucking a woman, like, fine, like. The plots, to the extent that they existed, are not doing anything new and are just creating more holes. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, My review specifically was uh, too much skinning of animals and pregnancy hard pass. Mm -hmm. Because I never want to read another romance novel with a birth scene ever again. Brains and placenta are not romance words. You... For the first time, there have been, like, tanners. This is a primitive society. This is the first book where you have a character in detail narrating the tanning process. She's like, get me some brains. Because I have to, oh my god, I, like, got nauseous a couple of times. And, and, they are both fucking filthy. And the, like, the author tries to, like, make bathing before major sex moments a thing to her credit. But I was still like, oh my god, this must be the grossest place ever to exist. Why the fuck does this girl want to live in the woods with this guy? Why can't they go back to society? Yeah. The second you were like, gotta make tanning solution out of brains, I'd be like, please
0: take me back. The Okay, the grossest moment for me, I guess, I don't even, this can't be a spoiler, right? Anyway, the grossest moment for me is they're resonating, they like start making out, and she's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. She doesn't want to have sex yet, but she's like, I, I really need to come. So she lets him finger her. And then he goes to, like, lick his fingers. And she stops him because his fingers are so dirty. And I was like, no, no, your fingers, his fingers were inside you. You had to stop him before he did that. Yeah. That was what you had to stop. Yeah. It, I was, mm. I normally can, like, ignore the dirt. I know it's really important for Lane, but I normally don't have that much of an issue with it. But when she, that's what she points Mm -hmm. out. I was like, no, no, I can't ignore it. If you're going to point it out, I can't. I like, that was the moment for me that I was like, no, no, no. This is
1: really distressing. It was so horrible. (laughs) So, um, I think this was Ruby Dixon's attempt at like slow burn progressive like sexual encounters in that, like she does not want to get pregnant. So Mm -hmm. they are doing stuff that is not penetrative sex Mm -hmm. for longer than I think any of the other books did. Yeah. And it, it just was, which usually I would find sexy, like Mm -hmm. a getting to know you period. Absolutely. They hypothetically had a longer courtship than any other like couples in this series so far. And yet because it was so disgusting and she was his captive it made it like, oh, this could have been a really good thing, and instead, I'm just really viscerally upset by mm-hmm. a lot of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other content warnings besides the brains, the placenta, the the pregnancy, the disgusting sex.
1: This whole book is just a content warning.
0: <laughs> the whole book is kind of gross. It's kind of it's it's a it's a content warning for just like. G- grossness. Yeah. 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 It, and in fact, I think we actually kind of covered the sexiness.
1: there's uh, So here's what I will say about the sexiness in this book. I didn't find it sexy. This book leans a lot harder into the pregnancy sex. Yeah, yeah. Than a lot of the other ones did. And... They're so hot for each other that she's like fucking while she's dying, <laughs> and I was like, "This takes it a little far." Like she's regularly like passing out, <laughs> but you're like, "Gotta do it from behind," then. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, sir, I don't think your priorities are where they should be. But if she's into it, I guess that's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I think I think that I am. I have reached the place on the Heidonic Treadmill where this is not sexy anymore, just because he has a spur. Right. Right. Okay. So, I did not find this very sexy.
1: It's explicit. Like it's. Cons- it's very explicit. It's very consistent with the rest of the series. If you're enjoying the sex in the series, and are down to read half a book about pregnancy and postnatal sex, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. But I agree. I'm like I'm so a nerd to everything that happened here, that all that's registering for me is the stuff I found gross and upsetting.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so her author's note was really, it was interesting. It was funny because she actually did talk about a lot of the things that we talked about today, which was, okay, so I, at this point, she's like, oh, I can go further in the series. I think she had basically said, okay, I've got three characters that I know about. This was the first, like, sort of offshoot of the first, the primary, Mm -hmm. the, the the triune, triad sure the first three and so she's like "Hmm, what can i do and she's like i'll make him i need to go back to basics and make this guy like he doesn't they don't understand each other's language and you make him a barbarian she specifically said it's going to be tarzan but without the problematic colonialism and i'm like well you got rid of the colonialism part sure (laughs) but there's still a lot of other problematic stuff that remains yeah but so I, i i did think it's interesting that she acknowledges what we're saying. Right. Um, so she knows what she's doing. Like she... These are conscious choices that she's making.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, I'm equal parts intrigued to see how she keeps this going. And like really bored
0: I'm, with I'm where the honest, series is at. I am honestly ready for something like a comedy of manners that takes place within this community now that they can kind of understand each other, now that they've settled into a way of life. Because these first three, these first four books really have been, this is all new, this is all wild, and what's going on? What are we going to do? Okay, what about a year later where things have settled in and the main couples have resonated? What do you do now?
1: Well, so. and I think there's also an element of, like, the purpose of this, these romances at their core is reproduction. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole stress is that the Saqui are a dying people, who can't procreate, and these human women are vessels Mm -hmm. by which they can continue their society. Right. And the first baby is actually born in this book.
0: Mm -hmm. The first, yes, the first two, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but all of the first births are in this one. So in some ways, this book was like the culmination of that stress. Right. And so, yeah, I do think like the stress for the next ones need to be more than just like, Wow, resonating with this unexpected man is stressful.
0: Yeah. I so I Because that's I, very established. Yeah. I really hope she takes them in a different direction because yeah. I'm I'm ready for a new direction. <laughs>
1: Same. Obviously more love stories, please. Yeah. But
0: the like, Oh my God,
1: I'm a human woman. What am I going to do with this spur? (laughs) It's like, we've exhausted that.
0: Look, I'm ready for one of the human women. Who's like had sex with several of the sucky dudes because they didn't resonate. And she's like, this is great. I have birth control because if I'm not resonating, I'm not getting prego. Yep. I'm ready for that girl. Well,
1: like honestly, I know I fucking hate accidental pregnancy. But what if she like resonated while he was inside of her?
0: <laughs> like they're they're going at it, and then they're like, oh
1: shit, right? Like oh fuck, we thought this was just a friends with benefits situation, and now we're now raising we, a baby together. No,
0: we have to be mates. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and maybe like the, if the conflict is: are, do we want to be together? Do we want to be just want to co-parent? Yeah, marry? Like, take like at this point, the fundamental like setup of this these relationships is established.
0: Yes, yeah. So, so, but I mean, we are, let's be honest, we're too far in to stop now. We're and they're keep so, them.
1: honestly, if these were like true novel length, I'd be done mm-hmm. because I can only read the same thing so many times, but right. they're short and they're fun. And at least most of the time,
0: I mean, even when they're not fun, they're fun to text like frantic, <laughs> frantically to your co-reader. <laughs> I've learned a lot about uh, my own
1: thresholds, I feel
0: like, <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you can find Plotris.